0: Welcome, gentlemen. Thank you for joining us. Welcome to the Strong AF X Well-Conditioned Show with your host, Jason Brown, where each week Jason teaches you how to get yourself and your clients brutally strong and, of course, well-conditioned. What's up, everyone? Jason here for another episode of Strong AFX Well-Conditioned. Thank you for joining me back. It's been a minute since I've recorded one of these and I uh, have a few confessions I want to make to you guys out there that have been following me and support me over the years. Uh, and that is we've um, kind of been riding two horses, if you will. Um, as like Charles Poliquin used to say, trying to chase multiple qualities of fitness is like riding a horse with two asses. And on some levels, I might agree with them, but I do think that um, there are ways to certainly do it all, if you will, and do it well in business. I will tell you after over a decade of experience now, I don't think that's the case. And what I mean by that on my end is that I have two sides of what I do. I do uh, obviously programming training programs for individuals. Uh, Many of you listening probably use my programs or are uh, someone that has been on our training subscription. And then the other side, working with coaches, helping them write better programs so they can get their clients better results. So in essence, two businesses, one that is business to consumer, one that is business to business. And we've struggled with trying to really kind of like iron out the message, who are we talking to? When I do this podcast, who am I talking to? Am I talking to a coach or am I talking to someone that just uses our training? Sometimes, you know, you're talking to both. There are a lot of coaches that use our training. But when you don't have a definitive message in terms of who you're trying to reach and who you're trying to speak to, it gets convoluted. And that's what we've experienced the last few years trying to essentially run a business that serves both sides, both business to business and business to consumer. Well, I'll let you know that um, we made a decision just recently to really, really focus on the B2C, our training programs, growing our training subscriptions, getting the training to more people that need it. Many of them are the former CrossFit athlete. Many of you are the former CrossFit athlete, people like myself and my wife that have um, been through that side of training, have seen, uh, you know, basically what it means to be competitive and still stay competitive after, you know, being an athlete my whole life. And using CrossFit as a form of that. Um, so our goal now as a business, as Jason Brown coaching as a business, is to really focus on people that are using our training and, and again, reaching more of the right people. So these podcasts going forward will be geared towards you, the people that are using our training programs. Um, you know, I know in the past it's been like, hey, I have one podcast where I'm talking about things that you should do in your programming. And then I have one that's talking about things that you should do in your training. We will be focusing on things that you can do in your training. Now, if you're a coach, there's still going to be benefit there for you no matter what. Um, anything I write that's about you know, programming specific or things that we can do to help get better gains or improve recovery, those are certainly all relevant to people that are coaches too. So I appreciate you guys coming along for this journey with us it has been a journey to say the least and um i hope to to reach more of the right people and connect with more of you over the coming weeks and months and um this is the first episode that we're doing since having this paradigm shift now today i want to talk about things that i do not do anymore in my own training this is my own personal programming and um, i'm going to give you the caveat of whether or not i program these things, these movements or modalities for people I work with and people um, that I write programs for in our training subscriptions. Um, But I really do want to make this about a personal thing uh, in terms of what I've experienced in my own journey as a coach and athlete. So the first thing that comes to mind when I think about things that I've gotten rid of is the deadlift. The deadlift has been a movement for me that I've been able to move a lot of weight with over the years, I've been able to really push my boundaries and push myself as an athlete. And, and um, you know, I've always enjoyed pushing my deadlift numbers up. But I will tell you that, um, you know, if I had to think back to one thing that I might change, it would be my technique. It would be focusing more on my technique, pulling more from elevated surfaces, getting my spine into a better position. Those are things I would have placed more priority on. Unfortunately, I did not. And, you know, lower back issues are something that I deal with. Um, They're definitely, you know, when I stay away from things that I know flare me up, which is changing too, which we're going to talk about how, you know, you evolve as an athlete. Um, I tend to be in a better position and I tend to feel better overall. But I will tell you that adding, you know, going, even doing heavy RDLs at this point are definitely cause for concern for me. And there are things that I, you know, some people say, well, shouldn't we figure out what's going on and try to fix that? And I would say you can go down that rabbit hole and I've been down that rabbit hole and sometimes you figure out an answer, sometimes you don't. So at the end of the day, it's about, for me, it's about quality of life. It's about still being strong and being fit, being well-rounded and maybe I can't deadlift you know in the high fives anymore but i am still strong i can still you know take care of my family and protect my family if i need to i can still you know do things out in the yard and and um and still be a strong individual the downside is is that if i do want to pull a lot of weight i'm not going to be able to do so but i think that the re- you know, the basically, risk versus reward, return on investment is just not there for me. So, conventional deadlift is one of those things that I have uh, kind of moved away. And this hasn't been a recent thing. This has been something I've been moving away probably for the past five, six years at this point in time. More recently, I've seen, um, I've, I've still seen issues pushing things like Roma- my Romanian deadlift pattern, um, and even a trap bar deadlift. Which for years I've talked about how I biased the trap bar deadlift, and again. If we just think about the basic biomechanics of it, positioning of the bar tra- trajectory of the bar path it is definitely different than a conventional deadlift and someone argued that it would really be kind of a hybrid between a squat and a deadlift and i would agree with them i think conventional deadlift is very different biomechanically i think that you know there's there's a lot of uh, things that take place with a conventional style deadlift or even a sumo style deadlift that does not take place with a trap bar deadlift but i will tell you that any type of heavy heavy hinging you know in the six rep range, six to eight rep range at this stage for myself tends to flare me up specifically in, on my left side, uh, in my SI joint. So it's been one of those things that I have not experienced. Um, you know, the side effect of that has not been positive. So it's one of those things that where I am looking for alternative ways, I'm doing more rotational style RDLs now, rotational, you know, single arm deadlifts from the floor. Um, that stuff is very agreeable for me. It feels good. It feels uh, right, and it allows me to feel good days after. So these are things that I'm thinking about. I still do things like hip thrusts, back raises, reverse hypers, glute ham raises, single leg RDLs. So there's still a lot I'm doing. There are just things that I'm not doing. And again, you know, if you're at a posi- you're at a place in time with your training where certain patterns just don't feel good and, and tend to flare you up. And maybe there's a long-term effect of like well this is kind of nagging now you might have to assess whether or not that's a movement that you keep in your rotation if you're using one of my training programs you might say well every time we do box squats i get flared up well that's probably not a good movement for you and just because you remove it doesn't mean that all else fails you're still going to make great gains you actually might do better if you're keeping your body in check and feel better going into each training session. So these are things to consider. And I think that everyone out everyone out there knows a list of movements that probably don't do well for them. And for me, it's conventional deadlifting. And it has progressed now to more heavy hinging in the heavy range. Again, six to eight range um, is where I tend to to have some issues. And again, these are things that we need to be taking inventory of to make sure that we're managing how our body feels and managing how we go into each training session. And this is a uh, very, very important stuff as we get older to to just keep tabs on. So that's really the first thing for me, heavy hinging as a whole, even with a trap bar, not ideal. Um, but there's still a lot I can do and there's still uh, things that I can still train, the musculature that I need to train and make sure that I am still moving forward. So that's the first thing. Now. Moving forward, there are a lot of things that I haven't done in years and I will likely never do again. Kipping anything is one of those things. Now, we can get into kipping handstand push-ups, kipping pull-ups. Those are things that have never done well for me. I have never enjoyed doing them. I have never got anything positive from them other than potentially you know, a CrossFit open workout where I do better. Kipping for me is a complete no-go. It's something I actually don't program at all. And actually back to my previous point, I forgot to say, conventional deadlifts, do I program? Yes, I do. Um, I do tend to bias more of the trap bar and sumo stance and I do bias more elevation with deadlifts as a whole. So again, just kind of to make sure that that you guys are understanding exactly what I'm saying. It's not that I don't plug those in for people that use my training i do because there are people that have no issues whatsoever and you know by all intents and purposes the deadlift is a great movement for a lot of people but i don't think it's for everyone and i don't think everything you know there are a lot of great patterns that are certainly not a one-size-fits um so you know just to answer that question uh, but getting back to my original point here kipping anything is something i don't do anymore it has never done well for my body it has never done well even for my my motivation i'm never i've never been motivated to do high volume of kipping pull-ups i mean it's always been like Kind of a a slug just to get through those like, oh, I got to do these or it's this workout. I I dread them in a workout that we used to do. Um, But needless to say, that stuff is not a part of my life. It's not a part of any of my programs. You will not see any kipping in any of my programs. So I think it's pretty straightforward there. Um, Why? And I think it's, you know, we don't think we need to beat a dead horse with that one. The alternative is everything is strict. We do strict dips. We do strict pull-ups. Um, handstand pushups don't, I don't program very often. Um, that's not a great movement for a home gym crowd. It's, uh, it's tough to do in a home gym. I mean, you've got limited wall space there and, you know, a lot of times people don't want to be marking up their walls and I get it. There are a lot of ways that we can train the same musculature, but not have to be inverted. Um, you know, ring dips, bar dips are, are two of those things that I do program pretty regularly. And, uh, those are, those are good alternatives and then anything, you know, as far as pull-ups are concerned, anything strict, um, all strict. I mean, we don't do any anything kipping. So it would be completely strict and even weighted. And there's a lot of variability in terms of loading what type of of, of uh, pull up are we doing? Is it is it going for a max load? Is it going for uh, repetition? So a lot of ways to skin the cat there. Um, but you know, that's kind of it in a nutshell. Now, next thing, next obvious thing that I think many of you might be thinking is Olympic lifting. I don't program a lot of Olympic lifting, I do program cleans, hang cleans, hang power cleans, power cleans from the floor from time to time, but it's not regular. And what I have found as a consensus is that most people, even from coming from the CrossFit world are burnt out on Olympic lifting. And the interesting part is that a lot of people that use my programs are very proficient with the Olympic list. So some coaches will argue, well, the learning curve, and you got to spend a lot of time. I have people that can snatch and clean and jerk and are pretty comfortable with it. I do tend to find that a lot of people don't want to do it anymore though. And I would put myself in that same box. Um, I do enjoy the occasional clean and maybe once a year I'll I'll power snatch, but it's very irregular. So those are things that I just don't program as much as I used to. I find that um, just the amount of time it takes to warm up and groove the pattern and, and get people to where they want to go. Usually people just want to get to the meat and potatoes of their training. and don't want to spend the time on olympic lifting and i get it cuz i'm i'm with you on that um so you know to really keep things kind of at bay like i said the occasional power clean or hang power clean are, are the way we go and you know from time to time there might be a full clean in there but it really depends on the program um you know our functional uh, strength and performance also known as CXE program would be the program that you would likely see that stuff i do program the occasional um clean on evolve uh, our full body program so you know, there's there's a lot of a lot of different things to consider when plugging this stuff in, and as a whole, if you're looking for Olympic lifting, my program is probably not going to be the right one for you. Um, so those are really three major things. There are certainly a lot of other things, right? There are things that um, you know just don't agree with me anymore, and I will tell you that when we think about kind of just getting more nuanced in in program, we think about anaerobic or aerobic. I bias more aerobic conditioning and, you know, I will have people say, well, what about anaerobic? And we're thinking about the greatest good for the greatest number. The aerobic system is low hanging fruit for most people. Managing stress is low hanging fruit for most people. Anaerobic development is very limited by genetics. Now, do you need to do higher, high intensity aerobic? Yes, this certainly could be a conversation where we could get into just the kind of the nuances of, Hey, do, how do I decide between aerobic or anaerobic? Well, how much do I do of each? And My programs are very much more of a balance of a lot of qualities of fitness. So someone will ask, well, like, how do we add this in? Everything is balanced in a way that we are doing a lot of qualities of fitness on a weekly basis. So there isn't a ton of room to plug in more. There isn't a ton of room to say like, all right, we're going to do some anaerobic development. Now you certainly could, but the program is designed in a way to give you the biggest bang for the buck overall, not in any one area. So if you're on a full, our full-body athlete uh, Evolve training program, that is the most well-rounded program I have. Now, CXC is our strength and performance. It's more geared towards those that want to improve strength and performance. Both programs are a phenomenal fit for the former CrossFit athlete. One goes in the direction of strength more so than the other. So if strength is your thing, you want to get stronger, you want to be more explosive, functional strength and performance is the way to go. If you want to be more well-rounded and I would should add the, probably the most important thing is have a little bit more flexibility. If you miss a training session, it's not going to make or break. Then our full body athlete evolve is probably going to be a better fit for you. I find myself to be more on the full body side of things at this stage of my training. So another thing I don't do anymore is train just the lower body or just the upper body. I exclusively train with a full body split and it's funny one of our coaches recently asked me about how i talk about full body more now than i talk about you know conjugate based training and truth be told all our conjugate based training we are training multiple qualities of fitness on whatever style of training it is we are training multiple qualities of fitness there are still elements of improving gpp and and of course doing things like different types of strength work so really at the end of the day both are conjugate now there are very big differences between the two now the full body style is more balanced in the sense that if you miss a training session you're still getting two other full body strength sessions so you're going to be able to make up some ground whereas our strength performance training plan is more geared towards using an upper lower split if you miss a session you do miss a full upper or lower body session so there is less flexibility with that for myself personally i like to train with less soreness. That's an advantage of full body training is less overall soreness. I like to have a little bit more flexibility. And personally, I don't like training on the weekend. That is being in my gym and doing weight training or whatever, you know, specifically during the winter months, I don't enjoy training on the weekend now, summer, garage door is open warm outside in the driveway kids are outside playing different story i enjoy training on the weekend more in the summer than i do in the winter months Um, but for you know a fair amount of our our year here in new hampshire we are training inside the door is closed you know we do have it's very colder in the winter there's no going outside for the most part so these are things that I have struggled with. I've tried to fit myself into a training plan like uh, you know, more strength and performance-based where I need to get in a session on the weekend. And of course, there are ways to front load this stuff during the week. I have never found it to be advantageous for myself in terms of how I felt and for just overall recovery. So I do tend to feel better with a full body split as opposed to uh, an upper-lower split. I tend to have less soreness. And I tend to enjoy the sessions a little bit more. I find them to be a little bit more fun but again, th- that's my own personal preference. I used um, a conjugate based split with a you know set lower and upper body sessions for almost two decades. So, and you know during that time there was a lot of on the side experimenting with full body. Um, for the past eighteen months, probably almost two years now, I've been exclusively on full body training, and I like the way that it. Uh, I like the way it feels. I like the options it gives me. I like the flexibility I have. I like the ability to um, be able to train in different fashions. You know, I love using circuits. They're very time efficient. And, you know, this is just kind of one of the things um, that has evolved with my own training. Now, the last piece of this puzzle for myself and, you know, kind of wondering how many of you feel out there, whether or not you've experienced this. But I prefer, prefer my strength sessions to be shorter. I don't like going out there for an hour plus. I like them to be fast paced less rest i know it's probably going to come as a surprise resting less Um, there are certainly places and times where you'd want to rest more and i talk about this a lot on different program reviews but for me personally for me jason brown what i like to do i like to do a little bit more fast pace i still rest but i still use circuits so i can do essentially more exercises and have built-in rest um, and it allows me to just train in a different fashion with a different feel and just very efficient. So we're thinking 45 minutes is usually my max. That includes my warm up, my, my cool down. So these are really four ways my training has evolved. I've removed movements. I've removed, uh, you know, different modalities. I've progressed to different styles of training and the duration of my training. Now, my, my aerobic conditioning sessions are still relatively long and, you know, to be fully honest with you, I get right into my aerobic work. I do, you know, cyclical work on. I have three cyclical pieces: an air runner, air bike, and a skier. I will get right into that work, and I'll waste no time. Um, you know, quick five minute warm up, and I'll get right into it. And it's, and it's basically forty five to sixty minutes of conversational based work for you know, predominantly with a cyclical piece. So these are four ways my training has changed, guys. I think um, if you're not evolving, you're dying. So if you're not listening to the science start listening. If things are not working right or not feeling right, they probably are not. And what I would say is that you have two paths that you can go. If you're a former CrossFit athlete like myself, you've got two paths. You've got a strength and performance path that we have that is a phenomenal way to train. And we've got a lot of people just like you that are training on that that still want to push the envelope. And we also have um, a full body way to train. It's a little bit more flexible and more balanced. Now, we have people that go back and forth between the two. They might go on, uh, you know, strength and performance bias for 12 weeks, and then they might be on full body for 12 weeks, and so on and so forth. They go back and forth between the two, which I think is a great way to do things. Um, I personally had done that for a very long time. And at this present day, I am exclusively on a full body style training, still using a lot of tenets of the conjugate method. So I hope that helps, guys. I hope, um, Hope you're going to be on for more episodes. We're going to go into a lot of things that can potentially help you revolutionize your training, get better gains, and obviously start recovering better so we can experience more sustainability. It's about long-term sustainability, guys. It's not about a transformation. It's about what you can do for the rest of your life, and I'm here to help support that. See you guys in the next show. This was another episode of Strong AFX Well-Conditioned Show. Tune in every Wednesday for new episodes. And be sure to subscribe on all podcast platforms.